This is Radio Komeme, and your hosts for today are Fada. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what's so, yo, what's good? I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good, dog. Mm-hmm. So you want to introduce yourself? You know, people don't really... Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm Tato Ramaisa, one half of Faga. I go by the name Filoguchi, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's pretty much who I am. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Desire. Yes, I'm Desire. Desire Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the other half mother of this house of love. Legendary <laughs> mother. Yes. <laughs> 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 and yeah, so we we out here today. We basically gonna give you a sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about a lot of things that are really close to us. Yes. And some songs that you really love. Some mm-hmm. songs from South Africa. And mm-hmm. we hope you enjoy this next hour with us on the show. Okay, mm. cool. Yeah. Maybe we should play a song. What's that? I have Threesome, Morphe. Yes, opening track. Yes. <laughs> Giving thanks to the mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so 
Yeah, that was three songs. Remember three songs? Yes. I remember Dresome very well, actually, when I was a kid. They used to... I actually feel bad because like I can only enjoy them now that I'm grown and now that I'm out and comfortable in my sexuality. But when I was when I was younger, it was it was very scary. It was very scary for me to be like exposed to threesome and the way they expressed like queerness, you know. So. Yeah, mm. that was threesome, easy morphe. Mm-hmm. Um, imorphe is a word that means, um, well, queer or gay, but yes. it's derogatory, yes. right? Yes, so it it's is. basically, it's they, they're owning it it's like yeah. how African Americans own the N word. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, it's like threesome is, is one of the first few like openly queer artists of South Africa and yes. um, growing up they were always on television wearing the most um, extravagant extravagant <laughs> costumes <laughs> it um. was them and so easy actually to be honest and I mean in but hindsight like that that was quite liberating I think mm. like being exposed to that mm. and but I mean at, I'm sure at that time I mean I know for me it was very I couldn't do you think maybe uh, it was because of the way the media created scandal around their yeah, lives? Yeah. That it was yeah. Yeah, really difficult to process them as role models even. Mm. I mean, also media, media doesn't really like pay attention or like give you... It always compromises your complexity. So mm. it's always like a write-off if maybe one of the three sub-members was an alcoholic or a mm. drug addict or mm. one was not um, well. And that that would actually just like ruin their careers mm. and all that stuff. But I mean, we know now as like grown-up artists or people that they still, they were heroes. Yeah. They still are heroes. Yes. And nothing they did or anything that happened should have been used to, to denigrate their contributions, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I fully agree. <laughs> fully agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, next track. <laughs> next track. Let's play a next track. Oh. We're going to have some rude boys. Rude yeah. anthems. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, 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 wait,
Yo, that was Root Boys, Root Anthem. Definitely my favorite Root Boys song. Really? Yes, yes, it's just a banger. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Root Boys in general, you know? Yeah. And I love Kum. We, lo- we love Yes, um, apparently they were performing at Kitchener's last week. Yeah, yeah. it was quite the jump off. It was the jump off. I missed it again. I'm yeah, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like... Gom, Gom is there? What is Gom? Okay. okay, just a bit of a background about Gom. Gom is... I wouldn't say it's a genre of music like exclusively i would say gom gom is a culture of resistance that originates from durban and i guess the music is a vehicle of that resistance against against every kind of structure that that won't allow anybody who's underprivileged to contribute to culture you know what i mean so it started off Mlazi. boys had computers they had sound design software and they just started creating their own tracks and there was no conventional route of trying to go to a record label or trying to be discovered they created their own culture where their sounds were valid they disseminated their stuff in taxis and i just remember Gom taking durban like a storm you know in every single taxi even though it's not in a record store it's not on itunes nobody knows about it, it's not online yet it was it was viral like Guys like Spucado, guys like Target, Ndileng, Root Boys, like all those people were like the pioneers of GOM. And I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I don't know, how do you feel about GOM's like international success? International success? Um, I think that it's kind of um, an inevitable sort of event. Um, there's obviously going to be interest um, from abroad. Uh, towards South African music but I'm not sure about the sort of like recycling of GOM with uh, international international producers recreating the sound Um, I don't know where I'm not too sure or comfortable about where that's moving because then that removes sort of the context of which GOM originates from you know and yeah so i'm just i don't know i have mixed feelings but not too not too eager on it do you feel like gom is still gom outside of gom's like natural or original environments like in, in durban uh, or havana do you feel like it's still gom outside i think of it's mostly experienced as e- uh, electronic music outside yeah. of durban yeah yes yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 gom. That's gom. And um, we ourselves had a very interesting experience with gom when we remember that December in Durban. That's bad. Yes. Villa Gucci was being such a slut. Exposed him. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my gosh! It was the goal, I'm sorry. It was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> but can we tell you something about Gom actually? Like and I think it's not like something that everybody knows, but because 
I mean, I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the, the drug ko, which is like mm-hmm. an ecstasy variant. Mm-hmm. It's like ko called rice and ko called music and ko mm. called banana because of the shape and colors and stuff. But that's that's like part of home culture. Basically, Mali. Mali. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Malencha. <laughs> but. But boys, or actually, like, let me say everyone in that context is usually very, like, sexually fluid, mm-hmm. we've realized, mm-hmm. well, from our experience, mm-hmm. you know, and mm. I, I think that's something that's really, or maybe it was just us. No. <laughs> 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 no, but it, it was a thing, even from observing and not necessarily, yeah. like, boys are very, very fluid, and girls as well, like, sexuality mm. is, is not, like found upon in that space mm. yeah, it's something mm. that's that should be attached to Gom because it's quite revolutionary as well you know mm-hmm. for, for the culture to be attached to or linked or associated with with the conversation about sexuality I do, don't know, you do you people think? think that way about Gom though people within Gom or just people in general people in general do they understand so. that I context? I don't think they do. I think mm-hmm. you have to experience it to actually okay. to actually feel it. Okay. And, but it's good that. Well, I think that they should be told. If you don't get to to experience mm-hmm. gum like that, like mm-hmm. it's good to know that beyond the genre, beyond electronic music, and all those things, they are quite like revolutionary so ideas. Y- mm. Are you yeah, saying yeah. it's a queer experience, basically? Gum. Yes. Not wholly, but yes, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is generally a queer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of fluidity, and in like terms of yeah, 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 in terms of fluidity, and I feel like Gom was like really nice to to experience because I mean, gender fluidity or sexual fluidity is something that's so divorced from like the black experience mm-hmm. or like black nightlife mm. because those spaces are usually the most violent spaces mm-hmm. like in our experience and mm. or they just assumed to be the most like uh, yeah. intolerant spaces mm-hmm. you know so it was nice to associate like like something that progressive with with like a culture that's essentially black you know mm-hmm. it, it was yeah mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. So Some the knowledge next from desire. Always uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh, out here. <laughs> so we're going to play the next song, and it's DJ Double Six M, D Squared. Welcome to Durban. This yes. one is up.
had an out of body experience <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah. so desire can you tell us what faga represents faga well i guess essentially faga represents um it represents an intersectional um conversation about about bodies you know about the body and about our bodies as black queer south africans you know and um yeah using our bodies to start conversations about 
gender, about sexuality, about blackness, about class, about politics, about all those um, issues that that we couldn't ignore as a result of our bodies. <coughs> and um, it's, it's a long-term project. It's not just a, a project about gayness. It's not just a project about queerness. You know, it's bigger than that. So I think it's, it's, it's more a project about humanity and the complexities of being human. Because that's always something I think that we've, we, we, we want to fight for and something that we want to we want to to claim, you know, from the world. Hmm. Yeah, so it's something we want to claim to the world that that we are human, we are complex beings, we, we deserve we deserve everything that that everyone has and even more because it's not enough. And how I think how we do it is is through performance. Yeah. Yeah. We perform, we Everything we do is a performance. Our personas, Desire Maria and Fela Gucci. And um, whether we're writing, whether we're taking pictures, whether we're making music, it's all a big performance. And um, yeah, it's a performance that, that will hopefully become, well, that is a reality actually, you know? Mm. Yeah, that, that will hopefully become like a reality forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's for words now, but uh, yes, I eh? feel like you've explained um, everything that Faga represents and the issues that we explore. Faga music. Faga yeah. music. Yeah, we actually have a track. By yes, Fada. we have Isufunda Sotkala, our latest song. Check it out on our SoundCloud, Faga. Here it goes. Sipo, 
ces années de si fort, de tous les guises illustres et de toujours, de tous les guises illustres et de toujours, et de cavaler, d'assurer,
translates to lesson number one and do you want to elaborate like on 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 what the song means and what 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 the sound is i mean we call it an ancestral kum gospel and i'm sure people would like to know what that means so yeah oh is basically a love letter to ourselves i feel um it's about confronting your fears and pursuing what feels real to you um we ty- i guess we describe the sound as ancestral gum gospel because it is derived from um the african drum which we feel is also significant in the sound of gom um so it's connecting that history to 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 now mm. And do you feel like people have, like when people think queer, do you think they, they see, they immediately think so, um, thoughts linked to spirituality? Do you think people can, can put the two in the same like sentence even? No, no, not, I don't necessarily think so. I don't think people even understand what queerness is. The fluidity of 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 queerness so i think they're not able to expand their thoughts to understanding queerness as even a spiritual experience mm. you know yeah and like in in the african context now like with with queerness sometimes being um being a thing that's an African to some people. Like mm. what do you think of that? Like how do how do you think we got to that place where like African people are saying being queer is an African? It definitely has a lot with a lot to do with colonization and Christian dogma. Um I think you know, when the missionaries arrived here they, you know, taught us to demonize our own beliefs um and i mean instilled so much fear within us you know that we felt like we had no option but to follow i guess um i guess the christian dogma um so i think i think um f- because we've existed like that for so many years um it's become really difficult for us to now change our beliefs and basically i just feel like um the history of 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 queerness within the african context was removed by christian dogma Mm. and i mean Okay, we were both raised in like very, very Christian households. Mm-hmm. Like my my grandfather was a preacher, my grandmother was a preacher's wife, forced to go to church every Sunday, very Catholic and all those things. And and I mean you go to church and you're told that homosexuality is a sin and you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. How how were you able to like as a young person liberate yourself from that kind of I had yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of anxiety because I, as you say, grew up in a very Christian home. Uh, I used to pray (laughs) 
for my sexuality to go away. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I believed would happen, you know, because I mean, I would I remember googling um sort of uh therapy um about sort of uh removing uh my sexuality from myself. And and yeah, it was just um a really sort of weird experience. Um Yeah. Please ask that question again. <laughs> Please ask that question again. We okay, that's good. <laughs> um, so um, I mean, I mean, South Africa has like a history of colonization, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and like many of us, if not all of us, were raised in in very staunch Christian households. Like you and myself, like I know you were raised in a Christian um, family. And so, how do how were you able to sort of? transcend the beliefs that you were taught since you were young about yourself like how were you able to to reconcile your sexuality even yeah. though you were taught every sunday at church that it's a sin and you're going to hell yeah i don't know i remember yeah praying for this thing to go away um and it didn't it stayed with me so um i don't know at some point i feel when I discovered spirituality, things changed for me because I started understanding many aspects of myself and many aspects of myself that I demonized, um, I learned to embrace. And I don't know, it, it just, I guess it happened for itself really where I learned to accept myself. Um, yeah. So I feel I don't know. It just it just it just happened. Things just happened that way for me. Mm, mm. What do you think? Okay, you you've seen a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of articles. Like there have been a lot of articles in the past years that have been like circulating on social media. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's because Facebook knows who I am. <laughs> but I always just see them on my timeline, you know, and like I feel like I always see there's this particular one, like twenty varieties of African homosexuality that oh yes. people don't know about. And I was actually trying to read know? that article last night. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? I no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Well I've read I've read a few of them and what I've noticed as like a common thread in all these like articles that sort of want to pose an alternative more subversive truth about queerness is that also sometimes like there's always like a little nuance of of like it's sort of dehumanizing in a way Mm -hmm. how sometimes they'll 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 i mean i know it's, it's with the m- aims of humanizing and like we really do appreciate that knowledge being out in the open mm-hmm. but most of it is like homosexuality sort of gets reduced to like a function yeah. like y- homosexuals are gatekeepers and they did this for the tribe or mm. another thing that 
Oh, another thing. Or another thing that was was valuable for for the progression of the tribe, and I know that's sort of like that's meant to 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 erase the 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 the, the perception that homosexuals are bad for society yeah. you know, by 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 yeah. telling and reclaiming all the good all, all the, yeah. the good functions. <laughs> but don't you think it just plays into like, I mean, besides the fact that I was a gatekeeper, I was a human being as well. You know, I wasn't yeah. here to serve the village alone. I was also here <laughs> to live my life. <laughs> don't you ever feel like that? And people <laughs> I don't know. I, am, am I just being too, like, precious about my life? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway we, we don't know. We don't know. But, I mean, it's it's good to know, though, that pre-colonially homosexuality was out here in Africa. In Shaga Zulu's time, it was here. It was a thing mm-hmm. that was accepted. And I think that the different thing is the vocabulary of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, we speak English right now, and the word, like, homosexual is, like, very linked to, like, sexuality. And mm. it's also, like, a very limiting identity when it pivots on sexuality because you're not actually able to... <laughs> well, I mean, you are able to, but it's very hard to to think of yourself in any other way like beyond that sometimes it's it's always like the sexuality is a thing that validates your identity and it, it's sort of I don't I don't, I don't I don't always feel like that like
So yes, that was Uhuru featuring Nagwazi Imoto. I love Uhuru. Yes. I love Uhuru have you heard so much. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard Uhuru and Moonchild? I did actually watch that. It was really good. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Moonchild is actually like one of the most important artists right now, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And Uhuru. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really good collab. Definitely. How does it go again? Do you remember? Uh, I think the n- t- name of the song is Ivila. Villa, oh villa, yeah. villa, 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 also brings it, actually. All the time, like all, all the, the time. time. And I, I think the first time I ever saw a performance in Tandy Somerswai's um, um, concert DVD, mm-hmm. that she had like a little solo thing that Tandy was me. You know when artists do that cute thing, it's like... Give give the backup singers a chance <laughs> to shine, but Nogwazi really uh, did shine, and she's out here slaying. So, uh, okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we're actually in Bramfontein right now. Bramfontein is like, I guess, the cultural hub of Johannesburg at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. like everything that happens. I mean, the galleries, the um, the stores aimed at youth. The bars, the nightclubs, the performance venues, like mm-hmm. it's all sort of centralized in Bromfontein and also all the cute boys essentially. <laughs> <to Brown. laughs> yeah. So what do you think? What are your thoughts on uh Joburg nightlife? Oh my word. I'm well you'd be surprised. Well, I mean, you know this, but people <laughs> will be surprised. I'm such, I'm such a boring person, so I hardly ever go out. But yeah, I feel like I wish it was safer to explore nightlife the way I wanted to. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like Joburg, Joburg nightlife lacks safe spaces. Yeah, although like the spaces are there, like compared to to maybe let's say Durban or or PE or Cape mm-hmm. Town. You know, there's like diversity here and the energy is really good. I feel mm-hmm. like young young people are just out here occupying and looks and like claiming their mm-hmm. place in the world at night. And night nightlife is also like really, really like um an important thing, you know, because mm. it's it's another valid reality that needs to take place. Yeah. Also like gay nightlife, yeah. C B D and yeah. you know. So, yeah, I just wish there were, like, safer spaces, you know, where I don't have to assimilate into what the what the space represents in order to be there. I can actually just go there and, like, while out and, like, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like, do, do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Joburg nightlife is beautiful. Slightly chaotic, but I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful experience. I've mm-hmm. had I've had lots of fun. Yeah, my nights yeah. out in Joburg. <laughs> 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 yes, right. shout out to Kitcheners. Yeah, shout out to Kitcheners. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. since we back, we used to come to Kitcheners when yes, we were teenagers. Do you remember ah, before before Kitcheners was a thing. Before yeah. Kitcheners was a thing. Before <laughs> we, y'all nineteen before year olds y'all were creeping y- up in we, here. Yeah, creeping up, <laughs> trying to mack on us and shit. We oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I remember that time when Kitcheners, it just used to be like literally like 20 people in here, but 
we'd have such a great time, you know. Because also everybody at that time really knew and like really appreciated mm. what kitchen Mu- is right mm. now. They appreciated the music. They appreciated the space. So yeah, it was definitely a different experience. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do you think things have changed now? You say you mentioned that Bramfontein is a cultural hub, a, a youth cultural hub. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Y- how has y- and you know, like you and I experienced Bramfontein when in 2010, and it was a mm-hmm. different space. It was at its, I guess, like early developments in terms of all the stores and the galleries. Um, and it's changed now. Like, how do you feel? How do you feel about it now? And um, I think it's a very important space. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it's a very important space. Like, it's it's a very nice sp- place to have. Like, coming to Joburg for the first time. Like, if you didn't know that Bramfontein existed, and like you find yourself here on a first Thursday, it's quite a spectacle. Mm-hmm. And um, my only like reservation with the whole thing is like the commodification of youth culture, you know. Mm-hmm. And like when brands start um, plugging themselves in, and when when youth consumes more culture than they create, mm-hmm. I feel like in 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 general we should be encouraging young people to create culture as much as they consume it. And right now, I see more consumption than than production. Know, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of potential. Like everyone here is very interesting and unique and they're passionate and they're young. But I mean I'm really curious to know what's in their heads, like mm-hmm. these young kids. I mean obviously they are the, the young kids like boom for trash god and mm-hmm. all of them who, who are who are sort of like doing things in and their y- wrongs. Mm. You know, like and you say with this sort of like consumerism happening, um do you like how do you address like class as well in these kind of spaces yo it's that's a tricky one because like class is so like complex because you know people be wearing like 800 rand nikes and it's like you know know, what What, as like a what as a no i just feel as you say you say youth you feel that youth is consuming a lot of i don't know uh, just a lot of ideas mm-hmm. and uh, that brands are preying on youth culture. I'm just yeah. curious as to how you feel about with, as in which youth is consuming culture? Which you know, youth? Is mm. it the township youth? Is it the suburban youth? And who's able to who's able to exist within this culture? You know what I mean? And that's it, because it seems to be driven by money, a lot of it, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, who's able to access this culture? That's what I think. That's the question that I'm asking. Um. Well, to be honest, and I'll be very blunt, it's usually like privileged model C kids who I who I see at Kitcheners these days. You know, mm-hmm. I hardly ever see anybody from, you know, from the hood coming to the space and feeling comfortable when you do it's really it's glorious because it's like yes you know mm-hmm. the space does need to be like a melting pot of different of different backgrounds even within even within um 
blackness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now it's very limited to that, like, affluent bourgeois, like, northern kids who can afford, like, mm-hmm. the latest Yeezys. And, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's moving towards that direction. And also, like, the, the, the line between consuming and producing culture is very thin. Because mm. you also look at Ikotani, you know, mm. they they are most famous for consuming culture. So Ikotani, like, basically wear, like, the most expensive Italian labels that mm. you can find, you know, in South Africa, like mm. Carvilla shoes that cost two 2,500 rand, and, like, pants that cost even more, and shirts that cost even more. And it's all about, like, about emulating affluence even mm. if it doesn't actually exist it's, it's mm. about emulating it mm. so it's just as much as it's like you see you see the effects of consumerism and all those things and they're consuming it but they actually were able to c- to create a culture and they created like a visual language for their culture and mm. like they, they became like an international sensation type of thing like lots of ads started using them and things they became a reference you know, because just because of how outrageous it felt for people that there's this group of people who buy expensive clothes and then they burn them ritualistically, which mm-hmm. I think is quite <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> It's quite cool. It, it is quite cool. I wish I could do that. But nah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would we burn? <laughs> <laughs> expensive panties. <laughs> 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 That's desire going off. Yes, I think we're gonna go to <laughs> <laughs> our next song. <laughs> yes, before we start burning panties. <laughs> In Bambe. <laughs> Here we go. In Bambe. Oh, 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 
Yo, that was Infamous Boys. Impempe. Banger, 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 banger. Infamous Boys. Can yes. I just expose us to the world for a moment? Yes. <laughs> I just I just realized we dress the same again. Yes, <laughs> always twinning, winning. Always twinning. <laughs> we didn't even speak about it at home. No. Like we really like connected now. Like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so let me let me shame. Let's give them a description. So I'm wearing like an olive sleeveless polonic and like brown pants. And Tato's wearing <laughs> olive hands and a brown, bl- like, sleeveless blouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. like, twinning to the max. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to speak uh, a little about how we came together. Basically, we met in 2010 uh via the internet well we had we had a friend uh, Mm -hmm. who i was close friends with and then met desire Mm -hmm. um and then sort of uh, uh suggested that we hang out so I was I actually really offended by that. Because <laughs> like, he I told remember me, you saying. Yeah, he was like, you remind me so of my friend. He's gay. And I'm like, nah, bruh. Ain't I'm no. not like, ain't no other me here. <laughs> like, how dare you? I'm not like every other gay man. <laughs> but actually, like, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then, anyway... <laughs> We became friends on Facebook with this shady hoe. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> it was for my dignity, babe. I wasn't being shady. <laughs> and then, yeah, we became Facebook friends. And then we started hanging out and realized that we had uh, similar experiences come from similar backgrounds and um, similar interests as well. We were really passionate about fashion um uh but sort of grew to understanding fashion as a language as well um mm-hmm. and sort of it being layered with you know uh things like gender and identity um yeah and we sort of grew from that and um faga was faga was born faga happened faga happened I remember when Faga happened. Mm. It was that December in I think it was December twenty twelve or December twenty thirteen. It was twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Mm, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And we were chilling with Tlasco actually yeah. at at um at Kyle's house. Yes. And I mean like we knew it was sort of like like a duo or something like we've been yeah w- exactly but like the coining and like yeah. actually you know mm. sort of taking it seriously i think mm. happened then yeah definitely very like definitely. casually also we mm-hmm. didn't think it would mm-hmm. but we, we yeah we ended up taking it seriously yeah it as you know yeah a bigger thing. yeah <laughs> and then we just started making music together i guess what really made it solid is was the experimentation with music when we've created our first song and 
put it online and there was some kind of reception and yeah then we just started making shit after that you know yeah. and yeah it's just we've just grown and continue to grow yeah, and we'll yeah. continue yes <laughs> we've only just started actually we've only just started we hope only. 2016 has very beautiful possibilities for us yes. we feel it though we feel that way about it yeah, yeah. yes yeah, it's gonna be a very 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 interesting yeah so yeah. what what do we what do we want this year what do we want in general like what what do we man you know i feel that we w- we definitely want to create more structures for queer people um we don't only want to sort of um i guess we'd like to grow together with our community um and definitely that's gonna entail of us creating uh structures for our people um yeah for me really that's that's what i feel most passionate passionate about 2016 you know it's mm-hmm. growing as together as a community of of queer people yeah mm. yeah definitely mm scale mm. also mm. we can start small but yeah we I can think start small so we also i guess our lit- little contribution to that is documenting um young black uh queer artists you yes. know yes. um and yeah yeah we we planning on hosting a lot of events this year and um just just parties or or just like any kind of event or coming together of queer people with mm. um similar um, similar desires for spaces as well yeah. you know to to be able to create a space where if any queer person were to come in they don't feel policed by mm. the actual structure itself mm. even before the gaze of like people who who are very like violent yeah. about about their opinions mm. and, and all that stuff. Mm. So we think like that's like really important and we see the value of like creating structures that reflect ideologies because like mm-hmm. those structures affect how the body is manifested and I mm-hmm. guess that's that's what we do as performers. We fight for 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 the liberation of our own bodies, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you think, you know, on that note, do you think um there there are queer spaces in Joburg. You know, um, I don't mm. really know how to ask that question, but do you think, like, you know, there are spaces, yes, mm. yes. Like, like designate, like, f- for queer. Yes. Oh my gosh, actually, no. Yeah. No, we just occupy. Yeah. Great day. N- <laughs> <laughs> great day next door is not great day anymore. It's called gay day. Yeah, it's gay day. And then Buffalo Bills is another um bar in in, in like the center of Joburg near yes. Gandhi Square. It's like yes. the biggest bus terminal. Yes. And um yeah, it's it's also become like a very queer space. Like yeah, definitely. Even definitely. Liquid Blue in Melville was yeah. not 
essentially a gay bar. It just Definitely. Became so a gay we've bar. never <laughs> actually had spaces created for ourselves. We've always had to occupy spaces. Yes. Yes, and that's that's actually really powerful. Mm. But you know, powerful. I hear that Bramfontein was quite um, uh, it had uh, quite a few gay clubs back in the day. Simply Blue, mm, Simply mm. Blue, and many more. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear that too. It's like way beyond our times. Way beyond <laughs> our <of the> times. <laughs> <laughs> But it happened, we like Simon Coley and yes. all those people. That's where they turned they up. They experienced it. Yeah. It must have been magical. Man. I can imagine. Yeah. Like similar to this now. <laughs> 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 I wonder what's going to be, like for the children, what will they have? Yeah. We must make sure we leave something good for them. Something, mm. something, something. Definitely. Specifically queer. That Definitely. they can inherit mm. and feel safe in. Because also what comes with like occupying all these um these previously heteronormative spaces mm. is like the stubbornness of heterosexuals still want to claim it. Like in Buffalo mm. Bills, like that heteronormative, like male gaze, mm. and all those ideas always end up reproducing themselves. Like in those scenes, I find, yeah, actually. But I think that's like a problem with um, gay culture as a whole, with with like body shaming and mm. all of that. Like. I think as much as the spaces are queer and m- as much as we occupy them, mm-hmm. they can still go a bit further. We can still be more subversive about like our ideas about people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't have to be um, like gym, gym bunnies, you know? <laughs> we have to be like Bath Mary yes. at Great Dane, but that's the pressure. Like, I guess that's, that's the pressure, like mm, definitely. Yeah. So you feel that um, sort of the community at the moment is heteronormative pretty much pretty much like violently heteronormative mm. like you go on even on hookup sites like you you get people who are like no fems yes you know no fats mm. you know sometimes no blacks mm. so there's like a culture of body shaming mm. in, in 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 that context like disguised as preference you mm-hmm. know <laughs> as, as like something it, it's not preference somebody else is reading that like a 16 year old who's trying to explore their sexuality will mm. go into that space and realize that them being feminine is undesirable mm. you know we can't we can't actually be doing that we can't mm. be that open about such violent views mm. you know they're detrimental to, mm. to, to the young ones especially. well i've never actually thought of it that way you know i mean as in sort of being 16 a- 16 years old and not being aware of of sort of not having had the experience of being part of sort of a queer community or yeah. having had or not having had sexual experiences yet you know Mm -hmm. um and that you go into a space where you're being told that the way that you exist and who you are is not valid you know Mm. i can imagine how to be straight acting and discreet how violent of experience that is yeah yeah. i actually like i started i think i was like about 15 years old Mm. and I was on like a gay chat room and there was a lot of racism, Mm. a lot of racism. And I think I was just so desperate to explore my sexuality. Mm. Like also because it's supposed to be a safe space online Mm. because like real life isn't always safe, Mm. especially when you're younger. Mm. 
So, I mean, like, that gets to a point where I wouldn't actually disclose my racial identity mm. just so that I can engage and explore what I wanted to explore mm. and, like, sort of experience that experience because I thought I had to experience it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, in hindsight, it was a bit silly. Like, I should have just, like, gone out. But mm-hmm. it just shows you how fragile you are at that age and you could end up just, like, erasing very integral parts of yourself just mm. to fit in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So to all the 16-year-olds, all the yes, teenagers, yes. just believe in yourselves and love yourselves. Go off. Go off. Go off, fam queens. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play the s- final song. We're going to play... Um, no, we're just going to play a song. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play some Notembe and... Uh, Kalimani, this is one of my favorite songs.
So uh, that was Notembi Mkwebane Kalimani. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's lovely, isn't she? She's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what what are you listening to at the moment, Isaiah? Oh. I should have to think to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but um I'm listening. Oh my word, like I I don't really know. I'm listening to a lot of like our friends, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, Angelo. <laughs> yeah, Angel Ho, Moro, Mobi, Moro, Nkisi. Yeah. Um Sekukuni, Esco. Yes. Yeah, those are my people. That's that's Shout like out to Angel Boys. Shout out to Angel Boys, yes. <laughs> non records. Actually let's just tell them about non records. Yes. Because we just say <laughs> non records. Yes. Is the future. <laughs> right now um well non records is like um a record company established Mm. by china mobi and angel ho and kisi and Mm. kisi yeah and it's it's basically putting out music from africa and the african diaspora you know Mm. and sort of sort of creating a resistance movement mm-hmm. with the music I feel mm-hmm. it's like I mean I don't know sorry to call it a movement because it might not <laughs> be that is essentially I, I don't know what, what vocabulary they prefer but mm-hmm. like, you know it's it's putting putting out artists that are from like third world countries or mm-hmm. like um, Afro descendants mm-hmm. and 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 just like validating their presence in in electronic music really good electronic music really so good really very good. reflective of the times mm. you know it's it's quite it's quite a revolution and i feel like mm. yeah people check them out yeah them and out that sound SoundCloud. i mean the non-record sound is very strong very powerful it mm. sounds you mentioned resistance you know it sounds like resistance mm. you know mm. <coughs> And yeah, I remember Chino said he makes violence music for Valentine's, which is like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, so shout out to Nan Records. (laughs) 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 We love you. We were part. They released Nan Records released a compilation that uh, we were a part of. Um, Our song Titi Oimwele. It's on iTunes. You try look out for it yeah just like download the whole compilation definitely enjoy yourself <laughs> definitely <laughs> you know it's really good yeah definitely definitely let <laughs> us talk about your crush right? <laughs> how's your internet crush oh, oh my no. god <laughs> i'm such a hoe i got many <laughs> I heard <of> that. <laughs> same thing but like say anyway <laughs> um I'd say it's a little bit. 
He's so hot. Where is he? Mombasa's <laughs> brother. Yes. Yeah. He's really gorgeous. There's something about Mkwedu brothers, you know? Yeah. I have I have a crush on Mombasa. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it would be so cute if you married them. Both yeah. of them, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just like letting everybody know at home, if you are <laughs> a pair of beautiful, fine brothers, <laughs> you can contact Faga at... <laughs> <laughs> Faga at Faga at dot ho <laughs> dot ho. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking, we're searching. So send, send, send your what did what do they call applications? It? Your, your CV <laughs> and your Z card, <laughs> your portfolio of mm-hmm. you know. Everything. But like. You know, speaking of crushes, because these boys that we 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 we're mentioning, well, we know them as straight, straight boys, boys. You know, yeah. Um, how do you feel about being attracted to what is described as a straight boy? I don't feel bad about it anymore because, mm-hmm. like, at first it was like, ah, uh, I'm perpetuating this like stereotype, stereotype. that gay people have an agenda and they want to yeah. but. I don't feel like there can be, I don't feel like every experience I have with like um, supposedly heterosexual people is like one-sided. I feel like if I feel the love for them, sometimes they feel the love for me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's also like what we're trying to change and what you're trying to to facilitate is for them, even if they feel queer or they feel sexually mm. fluid or ambiguous in any way, for them to feel safe enough to express it because that we, I feel like they do feel a connection or like especially the connections I've had with like the close connections I've had. I don't I don't feel like they were one sided. I just feel like we need to create a better context for them to actually express that kind of love. Even mm. if it's not romantic kind of love, but like that affection and like that brotherly love. Like mm. men men need to love each other. Yes. Like yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. It used to be quite. Like, it used to cause me a lot of anxiety, you know, being attracted to a straight person. As you say, you experience a lot of shame yeah. and and s- rejection. I guess, yeah, not necessarily by expressing yourself to that person, just from the situation, just from mm-hmm. the situation, and you feeling like you're attracted to them and you'd like to get to know them better you know because of the way things are constructed um you sort of immediately shame yourself for that you know um but it's something that i've learned to let go um and also i've learned to open myself up to the idea of that person as well being open to to sort of experiencing me romantically as well Mm -hmm. you know yeah, so yeah. I, I, f- it's I definitely feel that happens. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let us <laughs> get into okay. another song. Okay. Mm, we're gonna play DJ Target. No delay. I'll never go down. Yeah. Gum will never die. Yes. Never. Rava <laughs> Cassandra. <laughs> Mm. 
say target no andile i'll never go down gom will never die what never. a banger <laughs> never <laughs> so we're about to close off the show very sad um, gonna <laughs> s- <laughs> yeah it's very sad we've had lots and lots and lots of fun Mm-hmm. Shout out to Avro. Shout mm. out to Matthias. Shout out to Radio <laughs> Commitment. Yes. Shout out to Colleen. Shout out to Colleen. Shout to out to Kitchener. Shout out to Rion. And yeah. yeah, shout out, like really big shout out to Radio Commitment for giving us this platform, you know, to, yeah. to sort of share who we are with the world it's yeah. really much appreciated. Yeah. And it's been lovely. Yes. It's been lovely. Stay true. <laughs> <laughs> so from Faga, lots of love to everyone. Take care of yourselves. Nurture yourselves. And yes, yeah, st- stay stay up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stay blessed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you.